This is episode 37 and today we talk about how to organize a successful virtual summit. Here we go. Welcome to the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs and small business owners who dream big and want to do bigger. Join some of the world's top entrepreneurs, internet marketers, and best-selling authors as they share their inspiring stories, their struggles, and give actionable tips that will help you build, grow, and promote your online business. Here's your host, Yanni Lunga. Hey everybody, how's it going? New episode of the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 37. I hope your week has started off in the best way possible. And if you listened to last episode, episode 36, I told you about today's topic. We talk about how to organize a successful virtual summit and whether you have never heard of virtual summit so you are not so sure what that is or maybe you've heard about it or you've even attended some virtual summits you're gonna get some great tips by an incredible guy who has really boosted his business and has turned his life around through a virtual summit before i tell you more about him let's take a second to check out today's sponsor If you're looking for a web hosting service, my number one recommendation is Bluehost. For just $3.95 a month, you get a limited web hosting and a limited domain, which means that you can host as many websites as you want with just a single Bluehost account. You get 24-7 top-notch support and you can install all of your WordPress sites with just a couple of clicks. Go to 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost to sign up. And when you do, Bluehost gives you a $50 Facebook credit and $100 worth of Google AdWords. That's at 360entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost. All right, so today we are joined by virtual summit and personal branding expert, podcaster, blogger, Navid Moazes from navidmoazes.com. And he's also the host of the Branding Summit Dot com and is here to share his incredible story of how he went from living in Stockholm to hosting a virtual summit, quitting his job and now living and running his business from around the world. You're gonna get some great tips from, from Navid. And before we get started, I have a quick note. He's gonna be mentioning a cheat sheet. The link has changed, so you will find it if you go to 360entrepreneur.net slash Navid. That's N-A-V-I-D. Or simply go to the show notes page of this episode where you find the links to everything Navid and I discuss at 360entrepreneur.net slash episode 37. All right, here it is. How to organize a successful virtual summit with Navid Moazes. Hey everyone, I'm really, really excited about today's guest because it's someone that I can really relate to. Not only because he's from Sweden, which is not that far from Finland here from Helsinki, so definitely for that I can relate to, but also because he's a former soccer player, so I can relate for that, but also because he's an entrepreneur, so I can relate to that as well. And I'm really happy about having him on the podcast. He's a lifestyle entrepreneur, a personal branding strategist, virtual summit expert, a blogger, a podcaster, an online marketer. He's done so many great things. And in particular, the latest achievement is the epic virtual summit that took place in late 2014 called the Branding Summit, where he featured 80 plus of the world leading online experts and really they talked about 
everything about branding, social media, about marketing. And, you know, since then, he has really taken off. He's really a rising star um, entrepreneur. He has been featured in Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, The Guardian, Razor Social, and many other great websites and online newspapers. And I'm so excited to welcome on the show, Navid Moazes. Hey, Navid, how is it going? Thanks, man. I'm so happy to be on your show. Man, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. And the first question I have to ask you, tell us where you're connecting with us from, because I know that you're around the world right now. So I'm curious to tell us where you are at the moment. Yeah, sure. I'm actually in my condo here in Cancun, Mexico. I was just in Cabo San Lucas a few weeks ago, having a really good time there. But recently I moved to Cancun. I'm just by you know, the beach, Caribbean ocean, it's just beautiful. And now as I'm recording this interview, I actually have a, you know, kind of panorama view over the beautiful lagoon here in, uh, in Cancun, where, you know, we have a lot of crocodiles. <laughs> so, Navid, Cancun weather, I think it's pretty much like the same weather you would have if you were in Stockholm right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Just, uh, you know, a little bit warmer here than Stockholm. We, I, can, I can at least wear shorts here if I say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, as I was telling you before the interview, and I said also in the intro, I'm very excited about having you here. I've been following you since a couple of months before you launched the Branding Summit, a big success. And first of all, Navid, congratulations on the achievement that you have created. Thanks, man. It's uh, yeah, it's been a great journey, actually. It's I could never, could never really believe that this would just happen so fast because it was really four, just four months ago. I was kind of struggling, you know, what, mm -hmm. how should, how can I make things happen? So yeah, it's it's just about a journey, and I, I worked really hard, and finally, you know, it kicked off, and we can get into all this. Yeah, actually, that, that's what I wanted to ask you, because obviously, from where you are now, you know, you have worked hard, there are many components that have gone into this path that has brought you to where you are today. One of them being your podcast, Lifestyle Architects, obviously, your blog at Navid Moises, Dot com really played a key role, but I know that you're also very active in different communities. For example, you and I are members of Podcasters Paradise, so the world's largest community of, of podcasters. You're active in many other platforms. So can you maybe tell us a little bit more about your story and maybe if you have also some tips for the listeners in, you know, in terms of what they can learn from you, what you have learned that you can pass along to them? Yeah, sure. So... I mean, I come from a very traditional background. You know, my mom's a teacher, my dad is a doctor. So I was growing up, I was playing lots of sports. I was always kind of trying to be healthy, you know, mm -hmm. eating, eating really good food. My dad is, you know, kind of a, kind of a freak in that sense, you know, always <laughs> trying to give me, I mean, I, I, I was growing up with a lot of Persian food. It's just amazing. And that's kind of what I miss when I'm on the road now. I, here is yeah, Mexican food, or if I cook myself, obviously. But yeah, I miss that kind of food. But I, I mean, I was growing up playing soccer, swimming. Then I, I was supposed to, you know, always do something, you know, great. You know, I was supposed to go to either law school, you know, become a doctor, mm -hmm. you know, engineer. And I went to high school first, and you know, and moved to United States. So I got a high school diploma from the states. Got back to Sweden. Got this second high school diploma. So I have two actually, <laughs> <a> double <laughs> high school diploma. And then I just, you know, went 
to law school because I there was not that much else I could do. I didn't really know what I was going to do anyway. So I just went there, got accepted to one of the top law schools in Stockholm, and you know, started there. First three years, I mean, I was that was okay, but I mean, I was still you know thinking why, <laughs> why did I start here? <laughs> you know. Why did I do this in the first place? But just kept going, you know. And but I, I started still to question a little bit because I I know I've always wanted to live an extraordinary life, but I was mm-hmm. trapped in this conventional living. You know, it's easy when you come from. You know, I came from a family where my dad he, he was successful. He was making good money. My mom was you know she's had she had the education, but it was a teacher. So it was I was supposed to do this, and that's yeah. kind of what society tells you to do as well. But then I started to get in more and more into personal development. And that kind of changed my life because I've never really read any books uh, before, you know, before the age of 25, 26, because I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just read books in you know, law school and high school <laughs> poly, and they forced, forced us to do that. You know, we had to read a lot of stuff. So I never really had time to devote myself to other things. But then, you know, I started to read more. I traveled a little bit, met more interesting people that were doing these things. But the first, you know, two books I read was Thinking Grow Rich and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And that really got me into the mindset of, you know, that, you know, it's really important to connect with people the right way and having the right mentors and support network around you. And finally, also, you know, a little bit later, I stumbled across you know, a very famous book. I'm sure many in your audience also heard about it, The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah, never heard of that book. (laughs) Never heard of it, right? (laughs) And and what's interesting here, you know, with that book and all the other books I read, I I got into the state that I could do it, but I still didn't take action. That Mm -hmm. came later. You know, this was probably in late 2011, 2012, I started reading more. And I started to question the status quo even more and more there. If we fast forward a little bit, it was till mid-June, I believe, 2012. That's when I finally got my first mentor. And that, that was a big shift for me. For that, that was kind of the first time I really invested in myself. You know, I, I paid someone. It was not expensive, but I still paid someone to mentor me for a period of time. And we became good friends. And because uh, I, I related to him, he was living a great life in Colombia. It's you know I've interviewed him. It's his name is Nate Bunger, and I just connected with him online. Actually, I never met him in person yet, but mm-hmm. hopefully soon I will make my way to Colombia where mm-hmm. he lives. But that was a good shift because we worked a lot on the mindset and you know the purpose. And then I, if we fast forward even more, because I was procrastinating a lot there, I didn't really launch my website or anything in 2012 just kind of you know going from one thing to another thing mm-hmm. and then and the turning point for me was when my brother unfortunately passed away mm-hmm. April 2013 you know he was just 22 years old and my whole life shifted and I was devastated my family was you know you know there was they were they were also devastated like it was just horrible and but but instead of just letting this Obviously, I was su- super sad, but instead of just letting this uh, get to me, I was working harder than ever. So I was having a job at the uh, you know at the bank at the time. I was working actually full time almost. And then in two months, around two and a half months later, I managed to finally launch my blog navidmoasis.com in mid June 2013. And that was because I looked for an opportunity. Pat Flynn, 
he was having an event for his book, Let mm-hmm. Go. And I just reached out to him. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And he invited actually people from his audience to, to interview him. And I didn't think he would say yes, but he did. And <laughs> yeah, from that point on, you know, I was not afraid anymore because this, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, my brother already passed away and I just, you know, I, I know life is super precious. I just wanted to get out of my comfort zone and do things I'm scared about. I've never done an interview before, mm-hmm. but I still you know, went for the kind of the top player in the online, online marketing world and interviewed Pat Flynn. I was really nervous. I have <laughs> never done an interview. I set up a Skype video interview and down, you know, bought Ecamm call recorder. And that was it, my first interview and published my first blog post a few days later. And you know, this year of, you know, in 2013, I managed to kind of turn the worst year ever into a year of massive personal growth. And that was also the year I finally, you know, officially got the guts to drop out of law school because I <laughs> was not really going to school much, but it was kind of draining me and was really holding me back. It was a risky decision. But I, it was probably the best thing I've done for you know my business and life, and now I'm making even more money than I would <laughs> being a, being a being a lawyer or something like that. So it's interesting, but but it was risky at the time. I, I was just working part time, not mm-hmm. making that much money, and but I you know I started very simple, you know, WordPress site, you know, on my blog with a premium theme, and then. I ramped things up as I, I went along in December 2013. I got like a more custom design and you know got a lot more professional because I decided to t- take things more serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the starting point. And we can get into some more things, how that led me to podcasting and the branding summit. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, Navid, before we, we go more into, into the lifestyle architects and then the branding summit, I want just to take a second to comment on your, on your very inspiring story, because I think that, you know, many of the listeners can really relate to you for sure. You know, there is something holding them back. Maybe they kind of want to follow the path their parents followed or somehow, you know, they're not really happy 100% with what they're doing, but still they, don't feel like taking action and you told us how you really not only took action but also took some risks because as you said when you dropped out of law school of course you you kind of were, weren't sure exactly of you know what your future w- was gonna be hold but look at yourself now like everything has worked out perfectly and the one question i have to ask about your your path to where you are today if you were to do one thing differently what would that be is there something that you would have done differently if you could go back mm, that's a good question i would uh, i mean if i knew about virtual summits i mean i would probably do that right away because mm-hmm. i i know i probably wouldn't do a podcast or anything like that because you can get the same benefits with a virtual summit and we can get into you know why it's so powerful and mm-hmm. all that but I probably would have done that for a few reasons because you know all, we all know that you need to build your email list you need to uh, you know create you know build relationships with people you need to uh, you know I, I wanted to I want to make money and that's exactly what a summit can do for you especially if you are uh, you know think a little bit ahead maybe I would have started my blog you know a little bit before the summit I would mm-hmm. have written kind of, you know, one of my, you know, famous, you know, roundup posts, they always tend to go viral, you know, people are raving about them. And that's what I did, you know, for leading up to my branding summit. I even did that when I was going to start podcasting. Mm-hmm. I had a roundup post. And what that is, is that you include some experts in the post 
in the first one was just a list of my favorite podcast uh, you know my favorite business podcast you can find that on my site if you type in you know then on on my website the 15 uh, top podcast for lifestyle entrepreneurs i believe something like that and yeah that that was the first starting point people started to get to know me more and then i had also one about guest blogging tips and i had another one in 2000 in beginning of 2014 about uh, the best personal branding tips for entrepreneurs and that one really hit home for a few reasons because i wanted to focus on personal branding so that's why i wrote a post about that mm-hmm. so that's a great way to build you know authentic powerful relationships with you know some influencers in your space and many of them i actually invited them back not only a few for my podcast i believe but also for my branding summit later and that turned into be very powerful because they already knew the quality of my work and they were willing to promote me because I had, you know, they, they knew this, this was going to hit big because I had a great roundup post and then my branding summit was, looked also very professional. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I would have done. I would have probably started maybe have the blog set up at least my personal brand and then, you know, do a virtual summit. But even if you're starting from scratch, you can do a virtual summit right away. I'm going to get into some stuff here today about how you can do it. Yeah, that would be great, Navid. But, you know, I know that obviously now virtual summits are really becoming your baby, your bread and butter. But I know that personal branding is still your bread and butter. So before we go more into the branding summit, can you give out some tips for the listeners in terms of building a brand from scratch? So if there is someone who is listening to you and I today, what tips do you have for them to help them, you know, planning and building their own brand? Yeah, I mean, something I say, and I think it's really important, uh, even for a summit or anything you're doing, a podcast, I think it's important to figure out what field you want to become the go-to person in and then Mm -hmm. uh, kind of narrow down uh, your niche or focus because you're not going to be just, you know, online marketing expert that's yeah. like too broad you're gonna go more specific maybe you're a linkedin linkedin expert for lawyers maybe you are you know paleo expert you know you're mm-hmm. not gonna be a health expert that's too broad you know gotta go as as niche as you can I, I at least i think that's powerful i didn't start this way i was just documenting my entrepreneurial journey kind of from from the beginning on my website but if i would if if you want to be invited to speak at conferences. Just look at the speaking lineup. Many of the people there, they're an expert. Maybe that's podcasting like John Lee Dumas. Maybe that's, you know, virtual summits now. I'm, I'm talking a lot about that. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Facebook ads like my friend Rick Mulready. He's an expert mm-hmm. in that. You know, you get invited to speak on conferences. You, I mean, you, ha- you can create a course. The more specific your course is, uh, the more money you can charge for it as well. General tend to n- not do as well. Because then you you can't charge as much money. But with that being said, if you are struggling with that, I, I would say the best thing you can do is just to start. You know, start simple. You know, with let's say you set up a WordPress theme for your and and just invest maybe two hundred three hundred dollars at the most, and then you can set set things up, get things going with a with a blog. That's how I started, and mm-hmm. then you know I figure out you know your unique selling proposition and all this kind of stuff as you go, but it doesn't have to be perfect when you start. It was, my, my brand was not perfect. You know, I ramped it up six months after I, you know, I started out with this, you know, a WordPress theme from StudioPress, 
it was just you know like hundred bucks to get started. Mm -hmm. You know, I had hosting hosting account, and then you know, six months after, I got a, a designer, and that really changed uh, the way people perceived me because people saw, oh, he has a really great design. He must have been in the game for many years, mm -hmm. so it does help to have that. But if you're not clear over your message and brand, it's going to be very hard. You're going to kind of waste your money, so to speak. It's better to start off small and then scale it up. And I think that's the key. I'm not like going to talk about your colors here. All this can, <laughs> yeah, that, that, can, that can matter. But the most important thing I would say, figure out your, what niche you're going to be in. Start building relationships with people. And, uh, you know, just start, you know, just start pr putting out high quality content to people and, that's that's the way I started building my brand. But I think if you really want to kickstart your personal brand journey and really getting to know people faster, I think the virtual summit is the way to go if you want to build this. Uh, I mean, we want to build a business and brand uh, faster. Awesome, David. Thank you so much for your tips. And you talked about the importance of contacts, building relationships, having a growing network of contacts and obviously you have built yours through many different channels through uh, being member of different communities through your blog to your podcast and ultimately through the virtual summit do you have some tips for us in terms of how to build a network of contacts that you can then leverage you know to for example to build business relationships or you know guest posting or that kind of jazz Sure. I mean, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's like something how I've built my business with a, you know, authentic, powerful relationships. And before I get into it, I'm going to say that you know, one of the best things you can do for your business and brand and even for, you know, for your life is to build authentic, powerful relationships with people before you actually need them. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? You know, it's not like you're going to go up to someone and ask them for something right away. I get so many emails now and people are like, Hey, Navid, how can I build a business? How can I build a brand? <laughs> you know, they're not trying to add any value to me. And, you know, sometimes I'm nice and I respond. But, you know, as you're getting more busy as an entrepreneur and, you know, some influencers, they get hundreds, if not thousands of emails every mm -hmm. day, you're not going to write such an email and think you're going to get a good response back. So here's something I did and I, did, I still do a lot. And I, I, can, I make a kind of introductions to people and being the champion, champion on making the introductions to mm -hmm. them. So let, let's say if I know a podcast they would be a great fit for or maybe now I've been featured on Business Insider, I actually introduced like five friends or six friends that would be an amazing fit for Business Insider. And of course they're happy. Now they're like, they're, you know, if they get featured there, it's going to be amazing for their business and brand like mm -hmm. it, it was for me. So I'm just trying to add value to other people. And you can also, something that's great, especially if you're starting from scratch, take someone's advice. Let's say you read a blog post, maybe from me or from, a, from a, some other blog out there online. Be a case study and share it with them. You know, if you reach out and say, hey, I got this result uh, from this blog post you wrote, you know, they're going to be very happy and they're going to remember you because all, we all want case studies. You know, that's what we live for. That's how, how we generate money because of the results you get for people. Uh, what else can you do? You can, if they have a product, you can leave a review of the product, maybe doing a video review. If they have a book, uh, leave an Amazon review. That's mm -hmm. one of the best ways. And then even better, post a video review for because people don't really get a ton of video reviews and that's a good way to stand out. 
And here's another way how I started out building a relationship with people like Chris Tucker, Pat Flynn, and all them early on. I left thoughtful comments on their blog and shared every blog post they put out there. You know, I literally mm-hmm. every blog post, I was there leaving good comments and I was engaging with them on social media. I was on Twitter, I was you know, sharing the blog post, I was talking to them there. So I got on their radar very early by doing so. And here's what I mentioned a little bit earlier. I featured them in an expert roundup post on, on my site. And that's a great way because you know, either you can just make a top list of the people, maybe some up-and-comers in your space or you know, as I did with podcasting, or you can ask them a specific question around a topic like guest blogging or mm-hmm. personal branding or whatever else, you know, whatever field you're in and you want to get into more. Maybe you're doing your summit in a few months, then it can be good to do a, an expert run-up post because then you're going to get them involved. They're going to remember you. And it's much easier to reach out later. You already have an email conversation with them. And it's kind of low pressure to ask someone to be involved in a roundup post. Of course, you need to have a, you know, be, have a specific question, make it very easy for them. Maybe you have some names already lined up. But it's not that difficult to get people to agree to be uh, featured in an expert roundup post these days, you know, especially if it's a good one. And something else, I haven't really done this because I built my uh, network and built all the relationships from my, the comfort of my living room in Stockholm. <laughs> but I think this is one of the most powerful ways, if you can do it, that's connecting face-to-face at conferences, mm-hmm. meetups, and so on. And that's why one of the main reasons for me going to the United States here after my in my stay in Cancun is because I am going to live in San Diego for a little over two months. It's because I'm going to meet up with all my friends, all the mentors and people I've interviewed for my podcast, branding summit, and that's probably going to take things even further. So that's something I really recommend. And and the last tip I will give is really look for opportunities. You know, find creative ways to add value. Let, let's say when I interviewed Pat Flynn. I looked for an opportunity. He was having a, an event for his book, Let Go. And it was easier to get in touch because he wanted some kind of promotion, I guess, mm-hmm. for his book. And I reached out and he said yes almost instantly. It was just a few minutes after I sent the first email. He just agreed to be, be on. And it was not even for my podcast at the time. It was just for actually for my website because I was just starting out. And yeah, he said yes. That was my first <laughs> first interview. So if <laughs> I can do this. You know, I built this from scratch. I didn't have any relationships when I started. And now I know pretty much everyone. And they, they were happy to promote my branding summit. They you know, have great joint venture, venture partners. I connected with Ramit Sethi's uh, team because of this, you know, because of all the, all the things I, I added value to him by interviewing some successful students of his. Mm-hmm. And that was a, I was looking for an opportunity again. And now... I'm the number one affiliate for, uh, of his for his course Zero to Launch. And, you know, I won the grand cash prize. And a lot of more opportunities came because of that. I'm, Ramit Sethi knows who I am, basically, because I, <laughs> I'm his number one affiliate. You know, and I've never really connected with him in person or anything before he sent this email that I won his competition. <laughs> and uh, that, that's just interesting. I just connected with his team, just adding value. I've never asked for anything in return, you know, uh, how to do this. And now maybe later I could have him on for a podcast interview. And, you know, another creative way how to add value. If you have a really big guest on your show, you can not only feature them on your site, because maybe your site is smaller, but also maybe write up a 
good guest post on another mm-hmm. site and feature the story there, they're going to love you for it. I mean, that's something I learned from Michael Alexis, a good friend of mine. And he used to do this for some epic guides. You know, he, he wrote about Ramit Sethi on ProBlogger. He wrote some stuff about Mixergy, Derek Halpern. He wrote about many influencers, but he made them so epic. And that's where I took the took a lot of inspiration for my uh, you know epic guides I have on my website and started writing and that built a lot of trust engagement with my audience early on even when my list and you know audience was quite small actually and mm-hmm. that I'm that's re- I'm really grateful that I did that now that uh, my audience is growing Navid you're already giving us a lot of food for thoughts and really inspiration and you know I think that everything you have told us about today really shows that if you take action good things eventually happen also let's think for example when you started out you kind of didn't really know what to do you were thinking about your your website and then you saw the opportunity with pat flynn's let go anniversary so you just reached out to pat and he agreed and then from there you really snowballed and you're as i said earlier your latest achievement has been being featured on business insider and that post guys along with everything else navid and i I've mentioned I've mentioned in this episode it's in the show notes and that post has also been featured on Yahoo Finance so you're really getting the exposure you deserve and part of it it's because of the branding summit so we're finally done to it your virtual summit where as I said in the introduction you featured more than 80 world leading online entrepreneurs for an incredible event really a sensational lineup plenty of great value you provided for the listeners. And you talked about the importance of the Branding Summit for for your career. And you said that that's something that maybe you would have done earlier if you could go back in time. So I'm sure that some of the listeners are intrigued by the Branding Summit and, you know, your view of virtual summit. So do you have some tips for us on, you know, first of all, maybe if you can give the listeners a couple of more details on the Branding Summit itself. And then if you have some thoughts on where to start from if they want to plan their own virtual summit. Sure. And before we get into that, I just want to mention why I decided to do it because I think mm-hmm. it's an important part of the story. So I, I you know, I built, you know, a very engaged audience uh, through my epic blog posts, guides, and eventually I launched my podcast, Lifestyle Architects, in April 2014. And I've interviewed some really great guests like Robert Green, Chris Ducker, Cal Newport, Todd Herman, mm-hmm. Chris Brogan, Laura Roder, and many, many more. And it was the best relationship builder and free mentorship. But the problem was that it didn't really generate as much cash flow in my business or grow my email list rapidly. So what did I decide to do? You know, I decided to learn everything I possibly could about putting together a successful virtual summit in my space. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to become an expert and be seen as the go-to person for personal branding, for kind of online entrepreneurs. And I put together this uh, summit called the Branding Summit, the number one personal branding conference. And I interviewed over 80 world-leading online entrepreneurs, you know, like John Lee Dumas, Rand Fishkin, Laura Roder, Dane Maxwell. I mean, so many more on there. And that, it turned out pretty epic and it was quite unique. That was kind of the hook that I had, like, I think it was like 88 uh, world-leading online entrepreneurs on there. And why Summit is so powerful? Summit is essentially... Uh, just interviewing some top experts in your field, either it's you know via Skype, uh, video interviews, or you can do it uh, via Google Hangouts. It doesn't really matter what mm-hmm. platform you use. And 
I call a virtual summit is like a podcast on steroids and it works <laughs> in any market or niche. And that's the beauty. You can, you can be in the health space, you can be in the dating space, you can be in online marketing, whatever space you're in, it can work. And so, so that, that's what I did. And I interviewed the, you know, some top experts in my field. You know, as, as I said, it was quite a lot I interviewed. And <laughs> I built really amazing relationships with them. And I was managed to, managed to grow my email. So I can maybe get into some of the results and then I can get into kind of, you know, how people can get started with it, right? Absolutely. So to, to kind of teach people why it's so powerful and, uh, I mean, why it works for me and it's, it's working well for some clients I have now. But here's my results I got from it. I got about 200 sales or over $20,000 in profit for wow. a few weeks. So that's quite powerful when you didn't really make a lot of money before and just mm-hmm. put together this summit. I mean, I worked really, really hard. You know, I, I spent probably thousands, thousands of hours really because I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to master this. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I developed the system as well. But I quit my job uh, because of this. I moved abroad. That, that's why I managed to live here now in Cancun. I have the freedom now. He added over, he had about 3,000 new email subscribers to my list for free. Now I have, I think after the Business Insider feature, I have over 5,000. It's probably approaching 6,000 very soon. And, awesome. uh, and yeah, so just a few weeks ago, I had just, you know, I had like 3,500. 3, now it's, <laughs> it's going up. And I instant borrowed authority is something you get from a virtual summit too. Like you are, you have the summit in your space. You know, mm-hmm. imagine what that can do for your business and brand. Just having, you know, a summit maybe you want to become the expert in LinkedIn or Twitter, whatever that relationship market, whatever that is for you, you can just put together a really great summit and you're going to get instant borrowed authority because of the amazing speakers you have on there. So that, that's, that's really what it gave to me. Also rewarding partnerships with some of the speakers from the branding summit. I'm promoting them. They are promoting me. So it's a big win-win. Mm-hmm. I turned fans into super fans and lifelong customers. So I have some people that bought my branding summit that would probably buy everything I put out there for life. I mean, that's powerful because I, I devoted so much time into making this a great, great experience for them. Even, even if they didn't buy, it was a good experience. You know, they could t- go through everything for free. And then if they wanted to, they could also buy the recordings and you know, the bonus package I put together. Mm-hmm. I'm generating sales you know, while I sleep and getting more premium consulting clients than ever before. And here's where it gets interesting. You know, after the summit in January 2015, the month after the branding summit ended, I made over $40,000 in total. And oh. I just, I was blown away. And most of it came from a great promotion I did for Amit Sethi. And I was the number one affiliate there, as I mentioned. But the, the reason I wasn't able to do that was because of the summit. It kind of it grew my list. It built a lot more trust and engagement. And some other things, you know, I'm doing, you know, coaching. I had some partnerships. I have also pre-sales for my upcoming virtual summit mastery program. And, you know, I didn't have the biggest email list at all. It's mm-hmm. not about how big your list is, but rather the engagement, the kind of the level of trust you build with your audience mm-hmm. over time. And that's what I've done. And that's what I see. If you really, you don't need a big list. I had people on my branding summit that promoted it, that had smaller audiences, but they, they were able to uh, you know, provide more quality leads and sales to my, to my summit, actually. So 
just keep that in mind. And obviously, with the Business Insider feature that got over 118,000 views currently, <laughs> that generated quite a lot of buzz for my brand. I'm getting a lot more business because of this as well. So it's just about looking for opportunities. And a lot of this I got because of the relationships I built with people, the authentic, powerful relationships, not just you know have, a, have an agenda, just go out there and build a relationship because you really want to get to know someone. Uh, that that's really going to help you. But if you're going to, maybe we can get into some tips now on actually how to get started with the summit. Navid, you are really rocking this episode. And before we continue, let's take a quick break to check out today's sponsor. When talking about web hosting, there is no doubt. Bluehost is the number one web hosting service. For just $3.95 a month, you get a limited web hosting, a limited domain hosting, which means that you can host as many websites as you want with just a single Bluehost account, and you get 24-7 top-notch support, and you can install your WordPress sites automatically with just a couple of clicks. Go to 36entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost to sign up, and when you do, you get a $50 Facebook credit and $100 worth of Google AdWords. That's at 36entrepreneur.net slash Bluehost. Yeah, absolutely. And Navid, sorry, before we go into that, I just want to give a quick note to the listeners that if you go to thebrandingsummit.com, that's the website where the, you know, the house oh, yeah. of the of the summit. So you can you can check it out. And, you know, obviously now it's after the summit, but you, they can still access the content, right, Navid? Like that's, I think, what it's also good about the Branding Summit, that it's an evergreen summit. So people can still access the content and really get the value out of the product. Or the yeah, summit. they can, they can do that. They, I mean, it's it's for sale now, so it's like hundred. I think it's like hundred ninety seven dollars mm-hmm. if they want to purchase it. But you know, if you're interested in doing a summit, you can still look at the funnel I set up. You know, it's we're not going to have time probably to go get into all the technical details. But you can go to the brandingsummit.com, sign up there, and you can see really how I built everything, all from landing pages order page, thank you page, and inner pages. And that will probably be valuable for you when you plan out your summit to see exactly how we do it. I just model other successful summits in my, in my space or other, you know, in the health space actually mostly. I looked at what they were doing and I tweaked it to make it work for me. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, TheBrandingSummit.com. Yeah, no, awesome, David. It's good that you pointed it out because, you know, that's why I wanted to remind the, the listeners the, the link because they can really see. And as you said, they can really take it, you know, really put it down, like break it down into, into the funnels, really analyze it and really try to learn from it. And I, I know that you have a few tips for us in terms of organizing and carrying out a virtual summit. So what do you have for us? Yeah, I mean, the first thing here, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit when it came to personal branding tips. You, I mean, I provided for your audience here. But the first thing I would do really is to figure out uh, your profitable virtual summit theme and doing some research. And what do I mean by that? You know, you need, you need to know what the profitable virtual summit theme is. You need to go a little bit more specific, you know, as I said, uh, you know, you're not going to do a summit about you know, the online marketing summit. That's not going <laughs> to do well. And I, I tend to see that more how-to information it can work much better than just if you have just inspiration. You know, you, it's easier to sell, you know, if you have some actual outcome, you know, of your summit and a strong mission statement. So I think, I think that's worth to keep in mind and not doing it too general, broad, and with no specific outcome. And obviously, 
since people are paying for this information, they're you know signing up for free to your to your summit, and then in the back end, you know, in the next page, they can they have a, you have a thank you page, and then they can purchase it. You're gonna have good, really good interviews. You know, if you have mm-hmm. a bad interview presentation, it I mean that's not gonna do very well. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be at least high quality information people are willing to pay for. So that's really important, and you know, that's my absolute tip, really, to narrow down your niche and. I have, you know, for example, you can say the online online business summit. That's very broad and general. Then we can go more specific. Maybe you want to do a summit about video marketing. So maybe you have the video marketing jam, video marketing summit, something like that. That's a little more specific. You can't even go go further. Like let like, let's say the lawyer branding summit or a, a podcasting author summit, real estate agent branding. I mean, it's so many. You know, so you see how it goes. Like from you know, a very broad general specific and very specific. So at least I, I believe it's good to have your summit kind of specific to a very specific. And that's because of the expert positioning uh, principle, as I call mm-hmm. it, and really figuring out what field you want to get into, you know, and, and uh, you know, maybe you already know some, uh, know some, uh, some, uh, some stuff about this topic. And, it, and you would be interested in exploring it further by interviewing the top experts. Then that can be a good field for you. And really doing the research too. Like I did a lot of research looking at what's working in my space, you know, what people are putting out there already. And I've already mentioned that you, know, you should build your, you know, the relationships before you actually need them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's super powerful. You know, that's gr- great for, you know, without the relationships, they are not probably not going to promote you. So I think that's really key. And then, you can, if you have an existing audience, let's say you have a podcast or blog, you can write, you know, a, a, a expert roundup post and test the topic. You know, get get the, some experts on there. You know, ask them a specific question, and then you feature them in this post. And that's going to be a great indication if there's, you know, a good market for the summit. If you don't have an audience, reach out to your existing network because it's important that you figure out your. Kind of, I call it your customer avatar. A lot of people talk about that, but really, you know, what's the biggest challenge or frustration? Uh, you know, age, gender, interest, income, occupation. That's key because you know your summit is this kind of the kickstart of your brand, your mm-hmm. business, or it can take things to the next level. And later, you know, after the summit, that's when the real work starts. You know, you're gonna you know, make this as a real business, so it's coming in, and that's why it's important to be clear over your customer avatar. Who do you want to work with? Okay, you know, what kind of clients do you want? Do you want to be able to charge premium? All this kind of stuff matters a lot. And just keep this in mind. But maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, maybe in terms of getting speakers to commit to being on the summit. I don't know. There's so many things I could go over here <laughs> to building a, building a summit. It's like this is the kind of the first step I think a lot of people struggle with. I just mentioned with the, defining a profitable virtual summit theme. Uh, that's great. And I can also provide a kind of a cheat sheet and overview over the I have seven steps for creating promoting and profiting from a virtual summit to skyrocket your business and brand I'm happy to provide that to your audience if you go to virtualsummitmastery.com and uh, what, what should we make the link like your slash yan yeah slash yan so virtualsummitmastery.com slash yan y a-n-n right yeah exactly Navid that's great thank you so much for making that great resource available for yeah. us. And you, you told us about the importance of really 
narrowing down the topic of, of the virtual summit and you mentioned the, you know, kind of how to look for guests and get them to commit. And I think that would be a, a I, great a great point to discuss to kind of yeah, wrap up here before sure. we dive into into the cheat sheet a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I can I can mention some tips here on how mm-hmm. to I mean I mentioned that it's important to build relationships. So if you can if you if you want to plan to do something in a few months, start today and do all these things I told told you about earlier, you know, about how you can add value mm-hmm. to influencers and other people in your space before you actually need anything from them, before you need them to promote stuff. But, you know, how can you reach out to speakers? You know, make it very easy for them to commit. You know, have your landing page in place. Have a great design. You know, that's going to help you and look very professional. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a great mission statement about your son, maybe it's for nonprofit. That's even easier to get people involved if it's a great cause. But otherwise, just be clear over your message and why you're doing your summit. And... Just start kind of reaching out to people. You know, here's here's what I did. I just, you know, got my first kind of A-list speakers involved. You know, let's say I got John Lee Dumas for my summit and mm-hmm. he said yes. And then it's so much easier to get other people. So, you know, let's say you're going to have 15 to 30 speakers on your summit. That's what I recommend. I don't recommend. <laughs> no, I don't recommend that. It's too much. I mean, it's not. I did it for another reason. I wanted to create the ultimate resource for personal branding. But if you are starting. Do 15 to, to 30, you know, and be very, very specific on who you're inviting on so you don't invite the wrong speakers. Mm-hmm. And if you are clear over that, who you are inviting on, you make a list of a wish list of speakers you would like to have on. Maybe if you want to have 30 speakers on your summit, make a list of 50 or 60 speakers, and then you start kind of seeing, dividing them up. You know, who's the biggest names here on the list? You know, mm-hmm. maybe you have 10 really top players. Maybe that this is not the end of the world if they don't promote the summit. Maybe you can just have them on your summit because uh, because they add credibility to your exactly. virtual summit, and that's key. I think to uh, think about it. maybe if they if 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 they say no and you really want them on, uh, maybe you can get them to sell on your summit. I didn't do that on my summit, but I get I got people to actually have a free giveaway of some kind. So if when they kind of like what I've offered your audience here today, you know, they go to a page and, uh, you know, they can sign up there. You include that in the, in the, sh- in the notes, you know, under the video interview, actually. So that's something I, I did for my summit. That's also how I got some people to commit. Some people provided, you know, a gift and they were able to grow their email list quite a lot from my virtual summit as well, which they are very happy about, obviously. And uh, that, that's, that's key to really make it a win-win for the speakers. The more... Uh, people that promote it, the more they will get exposure as well. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, that's, you know, we have some A-listers. They, so then we have maybe some B-listers. They have a good size audience. They will be more willing to maybe promote you uh, to their list, to their social media. So, the, you know, they, I would have pre-calls with speakers and get them to kind of agree to what, what are you supposed to do, what's involved, you know, how can we make this a win-win. So be really clear. That's what I'm doing with two of my clients currently. AJ Amix and Andy Sitzman, they are putting together something called the Movement Marketing Summit. Mm-hmm. And I told them, you know, hey, you're going to put together a PDF guide about exactly what your summit is about and, you know, all the details and send that to the speakers to make it super professional. And you're also going to set up a pre-call, you know, 10, 15-minute chat with the speakers to tell them about your summit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, build this relationship a little bit more before the first, you know, interview 
uh, they are going they are going to do and that worked wonders you know they got almost everyone to agree to promote their summit and I'm just blown away. I just it tested this strategy and it worked really, really well actually to do this, you know, putting together some kind of guide so people know what's what's involved and then having a call with them. You know, that's how you can make it a really big win-win for everyone. And I also had a relationship with some people. Let's say Chris Ducker was my closing keynote. I've been building a relationship with Chris Ducker for a very long time. And then I he agreed to be, you know, a speaker on my summit. And that was one of the most popular talks and mm-hmm. people loved it. You know, because I did it live. I had a mix of pre-recorded stuff and some live elements. You know, on you know Sundays and also the the, the this uh, closing keynote was live. But it doesn't really matter. You can do it pre-recorded if, if that feels more comfortable, or you can do it live with Google Hangouts. You know, that's I think it's a preference. You know, maybe you can get a little more engagement. You know, if you have the live element, but you can't. I couldn't do that because I had eighty-eight interviews. But if you have <laughs> If you have 15, maybe that 